We can make it together, you and I, Semande. We can teach the people love, if we try. In all their hearts, they rest the problem. In my heart and your heart, the answer lies.
Welcome, welcome, welcome to Student Radio Maastricht. This is 107.5 FM, RTV Maastricht. I'm Elena and uh, today I'm here in the studio with a lot of people. Um, we have Constance from Diversity UM. Hello everyone. <laughs> Elinais from ACMUS. Hi. We have former UM student Luna. Hello people. Our lovely tech Zaki. Hello. And my co-host for the day, Ruby. Hello, hello, hello. Lovely to be here. Wow, you have such an amazing radio voice, Ruby. <laughs> really. Um, anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about diversity and diversity at UM and uh, why it's important. How do we know if it's achieved and a lot of uh, things along these lines. Um, we just listened to uh, Promised Heights by Simande. This is one of my favorite bands. It's a really amazing uh, British band with uh, African-Caribbean uh, roots. And uh, if you don't know them, check them out. So, yeah, introduce yourselves a little bit. Really nice. You were already here on the show uh, previously talking about activism, right? Mm -hmm. And today you are here on behalf of ACMUS. Yes, I am. Um, so... I'm Ellie Nice. I'm yeah. from Nigeria, and um, I'm in the board of ACMAS, and we are an organization supported by the Diversity and Inclusivity Office, and we're just about bringing Africans and Caribbeans together here in Maastricht. Nice. I love it. I love it. Constance? Yes. Um, I'm Constance. I am already at UM since... LinkedIn reminded me the other day, 12 years as an employee. And before that, I was a student as well. Nice. And since two, almost three years, I'm the diversity officer of this university. Amazing, amazing. We're going to hear all about that. And Luna, please introduce yourself as well. Hi, people. Well, um, I used to study at the Mastery Science Program. And now I don't anymore. You probably, well, maybe not, but might recognize my voice because I've been on student radio shows um, a couple of times before as well. So, hello. Nice. Thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone, for being here. I think now we can uh, actually jump to the second song and then we're going to dive right into it. Uh, we're going to listen to a song that is called Tribalistas by Tribalistas. Maybe be a little bit... Um, cheesy i don't know but i just love it the, it's a very peace and love song you know so enjoy it triade trinômio trindade trimero triângulo trio trinca três terno triplo triplice tripé tribo Tribalistas já não querem ter razão Não querem ter certeza Não querem ter juízo nem religião Os tribalistas já não entram em questão Não entram em doutrina Em fofoca ou discussão Chegou o tribalismo no pilar da construção Arnaldo Carlinhos e Zé 
Os tribalistas saudosistas do futuro Abusando do lírio e dos óculos escuros São turistas assim como você e o seu vizinho Dentro da placenta do planeta azulzinho É em Deus e pé na tava. Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. That was Tribalistas by Tribalistas. And I love that song. And it says, to be a Tribalista, you don't have to do anything. You can just be who you are. And that's okay. So that's in, in tune with our uh, topic of today. So we are talking about diversity. And the first hour, we're especially going to talk about diversity Uh, at UM, uh, Maastricht University, um, as a school and also as a work environment a little bit. So diversity is such an abstract uh, kind of word, you know, what, what, does, what does diversity mean? Let's, let's hear from you, Constance. Well, diversity means many things to me, but I think most importantly, it means deconstructing the norm and normalizing the different. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Normalizing the difference. That's uh, one thing that uh, I was thinking about uh, when doing a bit of research for, for this episode. That's also one thing that I, I would like for, to, for the differences to be overcome somehow. Right. Elinice, what does diversity mean to you? Um, I guess to me, diversity is just... I don't know, just exposure to so many different kinds of things and so many different ways of life. Yeah, nice, that's great. Why, or do you think it's important? Well, we are all here talking about diversity, so I suppose we all think it's important. So why why do you think it's important, Elinice? Um, I think like um, more on a smaller scale or like a personal level, I think, diversity is, is important so um so i don't know so a person doesn't feel lonely yeah for example for everyone to feel included mm -hmm. constance you are nodding 
in agreement. Yes, yeah. I also think that is actually one of the most important reasons for diversity. And from a university perspective, it's often the business case that's being used, that we do know diverse perspectives bring more innovation, they bring different views on a problem, and therefore also bring more solutions, or better out-of-the-box solutions. Yeah. But in the end, I think it boils down to feeling welcome and feeling appreciated, and broadening our definition of what excellence is and what talent is because that definition is very narrow at the moment and I think that is what it is also about. I think that, hello, I think that's something I would like to say though is that earlier Constance you said that um, diversity is doing away with the differences in some way or not doing away but uh, it's normalizing, normalizing it's, is the phrase you used but for me I think it's much more a thing about celebrating the difference and much more about seeing that everyone comes from such different places and different backgrounds and instead of saying or, or trying to find some kind of commonality, celebrating how all of these different backgrounds and celebrating how different and diverse the world is and celebrating it in its... Uh, breadth in some way yeah I agree and one thing that I agree with the constants is like for me it's really important because of the different perspectives that we can gain we can gain so much from having uh, diversity around us and I think yeah when there's a problem to find a solution if you have different points of view different ways ways of looking at the world uh, it's it can be more interesting and easier even to 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 solve things yeah, I just wanted to add something to it as well, that um, from my understanding, diversity is not necessarily just to solve problems already there, but it also brings problems that you did not know that were there in the first place, mm -hmm. that also n require some attention and can bring new additions to certain cultures and new um, ways to rethink your own culture that are quite valuable. Yeah, I, I do think... No, go ahead. I think ahead. that also ties back to uh, Ruby's earlier point that when I say normalizing, I do mean, first of all, getting to a point where we can discuss the differences and where, because being in a more diverse groups, group sometimes makes conversation more difficult because we have to incorporate different viewpoints. But we first sometimes have to normalize certain differences to get to an understanding of what these differences mean to then be able to overcome them and celebrate them as something worthwhile and something we want to uphold. We don't want to make everyone the same, right? Um. Sorry, could you explain what you mean by normalize the difference? I think normalizing the discourse about a difference. So for example, at the moment we are busy with um, pronouns at the university, for example. And I do realize when I talk to people that um, gender fluidity and uh, the binary norms in which we are moving, this kind of conversation is something that feels very strange to some people and as you know you need to first normalize talking about it normalize indicating your pronouns normalizing allowing someone else to indicate their pronouns that is something I think that I would like to uh, foster and I think that is also what diversity is about to give a space to have these conversations my only concern and I, I think maybe it's also yours but if I find it interesting the concept of normalizing um, the difference because it's a very thin line between normalizing in, the, in terms of embracing the terms already existing and 
and understanding them and then getting them in within your own culture and or, or the other the other way that it can go as well is tagging this other culture with your own name so giving names to things already there and not necessarily um are compatible don't feel like they, they match this name that you created i don't know if i make myself understood good point i don't know i think these are this is already a very interesting conversation um i think the um for me at least how i understand the normalizing for example the pronouns is that if we all would just uh, as soon as we introduce ourselves say what the preferred pronoun would be then it wouldn't be such a different uh, thing it wouldn't be like oh okay you're the different one because you have to uh, specify you prefer something else you know so if everyone would just say okay i like she her then or whatever the person wants it's not to to cancel the the differences at all because again we we want the differences we want the different perspectives and uh yeah i think diversity and inclusivity is not just about yeah it's about making everyone feel feel welcome feel included and being respectful also of other people's values and beliefs without uh you know imposing yours Haley Nice, do you have any thoughts about this? This anything to add? Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to add that I think, um, I think the the importance of diversity also has to do with um, a sort of imbalance of power in the world right now. So I think um, Western culture obviously has, like, um, is is at the top of the the hierarchy in cultures so i think um diversity just sorts of help just just sorts of um help with the imbalance because yeah. if we if we start to consider other perspectives and other types of culture we're not always um yeah we're we're not in, we're not um so western centric exactly yeah i agree we have to bring some uh, multi-centrism in our in our lives mm -hmm. and that's something that i've been really noticing uh, now i started global studies this year and uh, yeah we talk we talk about these issues uh, quite a bit and um, yeah some people don't even realize how uh, big the let's say western influence or like how yeah how ingrained this is in our in our minds or in, even in academics so it's really good to to get input from from different from outside and change change it because we don't live in the same world of the colonial times so <laughs> time to change things i think we're gonna jump to the next song which was chosen by ruby so i'm gonna let you ah this is transgender dysphoria blues by against me and it's one of my favorite trans singers and punk artists and you should definitely go and listen to their entire albums. And there's also um, a video on YouTube of them playing at Reading and Leeds Festival in about 2013. And it's so powerful and I highly encourage you all to go and check it out. So this is Trans Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me. Enjoy.
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. This is 107.5 FM, RTV Maastricht. And I'm Elena. I'm here in the studio with Ruby, Zaki, yeah. Luna, Elinais, and Constance. And we are uh, talking about diversity and diversity at UM. We just listened to Transgender Dysphoria Blues by Against Me, one of Ruby's favorite bands. So, um, Constance, we're going to um, ask you some questions now. Uh, what uh, is being done to offer more diversity and inclusivity at UM? What does the DNI office do where you work? Tell us more. We So, first of all, we started almost three years ago, or when I started almost three years ago. Now we are with uh, six people, so we get a lot more done. Yeah. And we spread our efforts across four core areas, and these are um, attracting and retaining talent, and talent in the broadest sense. Then fostering cultural change, strengthening diversity competencies, and finally uh, creating and developing family-friendly and life-face-friendly HR policies. So these are the four core areas we're working in. And within these areas, I could tell you all kinds of things. Uh, let me give you some examples that are also relevant to our student population, especially. So for example, in attracting and retaining talent, we have a first generation student task force that thinks of ways on how to attract first generation students to come to university. So how can we approach high school students from the region, for example, we are an old mining region in Limburg. So how can we attract first generation students to make that step and come to university? In the onboarding process, we also think what can we do for students who maybe don't yet know how a paper looks like or who don't know how to address the tutor or professor and who don't know how a lecture works, you know, what the etiquette is in a classroom. Mm -hmm. These kind of things we try to bring closer for those students who are interested, of course. Nice. That's very interesting. I, I didn't know that that existed. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. Nice. You can give us more, more oh, examples. Yes. I'm really curious, uh, apart from, because you said, like recruiting talent, let's say, I don't know if that's exactly the words you use, but in my head, that's how it, it stuck. Um, and this, uh, this task force is uh, for this, um, to find new students, you said first generation students, but I was wondering, for example, is there something being done to uh, get students from outside of Europe? Oh yes, of course. We yeah. have a, we have the university has big recruitment teams to attract uh, yeah. students from all over the place, and yeah. the te the teams are actually divided into different groups. So we have groups, we have country teams. Yeah. So when we think, you know, do we want to attract more German students? Maybe. So we have a team for Germany. Yeah. And then we have a team for all kinds of countries that really do active recruiting in these countries. Okay, that's really nice. Um, and how exactly do you decide who comes in and who doesn't? What are the criteria for that? Do you mean who uh, comes in and to university? Yeah, yeah. All that it depends on programs. We have programs that have that where you have to really subscribe and they're selective and we have other programs that aren't. And these criteria, they depend really on program level. But are there any concerns in terms of also balancing out the background of the student? Because especially if you're talking about different countries, for instance, education systems are very different. Uh, so probably your understanding uh, of the world and but also the different subjects that you study and the grades are going to not necessarily match, and which that doesn't mean necessarily that the student has a, a lower capacity. So do you do anything to counterbalance that? Is that something that you discuss? Yes, we discussed this. For example, we had that not long ago that 
um, motivation letters, for example, look very different, right, in different cultures. And we have a certain norm of how a good motivation letter has to look like, right? I mean, the, it has to be addressed to a sir or a madam or, you know, to whom it may concern. And there has to be like a nice title and it has to be formatted in a certain way using a certain font, maybe even. But that's not the same case in different cultures. So we try to raise awareness. It does, doesn't mean that the student doesn't bring any valuable inputs to the study but often the first reaction of people who are on the admission boards is like oh that that doesn't look like what we would expect as a european university mm. so we too try to raise the awareness to look beyond these forms and formats and really go into content indeed that's really nice yeah and are there uh, just out of curiosity i don't know because we uh, i was talking about this with the uh, classmate um are there any scholarships for uh, non-EU students per in particular? Because like, I I think for EU students it's easy to get a student loan, so it's more easy to get a diverse uh, group of people from Europe. But from outside, maybe it's harder for certain uh, people to access the education in Europe. So I don't know, I was just wondering if that existed. There are certainly scholarships and we yeah. have many students on scholarships, but I yeah. don't know much about uh, yeah, the financial side. Of course, of course, you can't uh, do everything. Um, another thing you mentioned that I was interested in uh, hearing more about is um, you said uh, you also work to make it a more uh, family friendly um, school and work environment. So what does that mean in uh, in practical terms. Yes, and, and during the last three years when I talked to students and staff, I noticed that the group of students and staff that have caring responsibilities, and these are for children, but also if you have parents that are sick or friends or family that you take care of, um, that there are not many facilities to help our students and staff that have that. Mm -hmm. So, and we wanted to give more attention to this particularly vulnerable group. And for students, that means that we are working on getting, for example, preferred scheduling for students who have children and cannot be scheduled on the last time slot, yeah. right? So from four to six, for example, because they just have to pick up the kids from school. And this is not always possible, depending on the willingness of each faculty to facilitate students. So we're trying to raise awareness that this is important that we facilitate our students that have caring responsibilities. And that is even more so for students with responsibilities to care for uh, sick people or terminally ill people because there on top of that you have the emotional burden that comes with this and also I think this is something that is not often talked about. Of course, yeah, that's very interesting. And do you find a lot of, uh, let's say, challenges or resistance from, you know, the rest? I don't know if you're going to be allowed to talk about this, <laughs> but um, I don't know if they're listening, but you can tell us if there, how many let's say in general is it very hard as a job or uh, are people fighting you let's say that there are many willing there are many people who are very willing and there are uh, some resource constraints that does not always make possible what we want yeah understood um we are gonna listen to a song that you chose constance oh. we're gonna listen to uh, the great pretender by freddie mercury hmm. <laughs>
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM. Um, we are here in the studio today talking about diversity. And during the break, uh, we started uh, talking about something that uh, is really important to a lot of us, I think, uh, which is uh, decolonizing the curriculum. We mentioned earlier about how Eurocentric our mentality can be uh, and also how Eurocentric uh, academia can be as well. So decolonizing the curriculum is an important step to, to changing that. Elinais, you were telling us about uh, some uh, actions that you are participating in to kind of try to get to this goal. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly like directly participating in it, but... Um, <laughs> So because I'm part of um, Black Lives Matter Maastricht, someone contacted us about wanting to create a task force in the different faculties to do more research on how Eurocentric the curriculum is and what can be done about it. And yeah, so that's going on right now. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, well, as a new student, I have to say my program is uh, pretty... Uh, pretty okay in that sense because it, it, it's the whole point of the program it's global studies so I mean that's also one of the reasons why I chose it is because specifically they said that we are not only going to have readings and uh, lectures from people from the mainstream discourse but we're also going to have different per perspectives uh, a lot uh, from outside of Europe as well and I already had some really interesting uh, readings for example about Maori epistemology and how mm. they do research which is extremely interesting so I think this is also it would be so enriching for everyone to to just just have this you know Luna you uh, want to say something about this yeah, no, I just wanted to add something that you were speaking and that was coming through my mind how important it is also to not just read about things or study about things through your own perspective but some but see how all of that reflects within your own body how the body itself the way that you position yourself the way that you sit the way that you walk also brings back all of the cultural background that you've got and how changing that also allows you to feel closer to different different cultures and understand them better so uh, I think it's, it's always good to keep that link between what you see, what you study, and the physicality of your body and the physicality of your world, which is something that sometimes I feel 
as a Brazilian that, that had a different experience uh, studying at a different university back in Brazil, sometimes I feel that in here it really lacks um, this understand this physicality of the body. Yeah, that's in the a classroom. Yeah, very interesting point. Thank you, Luna. I never actually thought about it. Can I say Could, something yes, to Luna's please. point? Because mm-hmm. um, it's about decolonizing the curriculum, but it's also decolonizing how we grade, for example, presentations. Because mm-hmm. there, exactly this point comes up quite often, right? We expect from a Dutch, European way, we expect people to perform in the presentation, you know, and to make jokes and to be open and to look into people's eyes. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we want to see in a presentation. But that's not the same in different cultures, right? In some cultures, it's quite impolite to mm. be that upfront and to be that in your face. And, you know, I, it's, it's a fine line, but it's something that's definitely worthwhile discussing whether we want to take on this cultural diversity in how we grade our presentations, for example. Nice. Yeah, that's really important. And it's really good to know that there is some effort being made to start these conversations and to change the way things are being done. Obviously, this is not going to happen overnight, but, you know. So I think we're going to move on to, uh, let's say, a little bit beyond the DNI office. Uh, the DNI office uh, supports a lot of uh, organizations and uh, uh, one of them is ACMUS, and uh, Elinais here is on the board. Tell us more about it. Um, well, ACMUS is basically a society where Africans and Caribbeans who live in Maastricht can come together, and we plan social events and academic events, and we're all just about cultural unity. Yeah. Really nice. It was uh, re- revived this year, was it? Right? It was. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm really glad to to see you on the board. Um, yeah, because I I had my eye on Akmus, but yeah, I said I saw that there was not much. Um, yeah, that is being revived now. So that's really great. Uh, so what are you doing? How to the, how does one get involved? What what can people who get involved uh, do? For example, so if you're African or Caribbean or affiliated with the culture, you can sign up to become a member. Mm-hmm. And it's not a very demanding role being a member. You just receive um, our newsletter, which we plan on making super creative, adding videos and vlogs and articles and just a lot of creative things from um, yeah from our community. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you get notifications about our events. Nice. That's really great. Um, yeah, I love I love it. Um, Zaki, you want to say something? Ask a question. Is it only for university Maastricht students? Because I go to Zad, but I'm also part of the diaspora, so like I'm curious. Okay. Well, no, it's not. It's for everyone who is interested. We just we we just have Maastricht University in our name because they support us a lot. Yeah. Mood. Okay, thank you very much. I was just wondering that. Thank you. Where where in the diaspora are you from? You I'm from know. the United States, so I don't know exactly where in Africa my ancestors okay. are from because it's really difficult to find that out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I know I am from Africa, even originally somewhere in West Africa, probably. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's great to, to make people come together like that and to make everyone... Uh, connect. I think that's really awesome. And not always it's really easy to find your community, you know, so it's really great to to organize these things and reach out. Um, so uh, there are other D&I organizations. I tried to contact uh, some uh, to participate today, but it was a bit of a... Uh, 
busy schedule for everyone, I think. But um, there are so many uh, great organizations that are part of uh, diversity and inclusivity office. Um, one of them we are super big fans of uh, is We Care. We already talked about it here on the radio many times. We are super big fans of Cecile, if you're listening. And um, yeah, that's uh, an association that uh, helps uh, victims of uh, sexual assault. And um, well, maybe Constance or Elinice, if you do you want to tell us more about the other organizations? There's also Feminist of Maastricht. Yeah. Um, and they are the feminists of Maastricht. <laughs> they, um, they raise awareness and have discussions and lectures and debates about um, questions that have to do with feminism. Yeah, they also had a book club, if I'm not mistaken, uh, last year or something. I don't know they now did. with uh, Corona. Yeah, they did. It, I yeah. think they it was like a short story. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Constance. Yes, yeah, so also we have UM Pride. Yeah. Um, then we have MSA Noor, which is for Muslim students of Master University and also of uh, Zaid, Hochschul Zaid. Okay. And uh, we work also together with the Refugee Project Bestrecht and we work together with the In Between, the Chaplaincy. And so there, yeah, there's many more. Well, yeah. It's very nice. It's a very privilege. It's a privilege for us working with all of these. Yeah, I love I love all these organizations. So it was even really hard to choose who I was going to contact. Oh, we're starting also a new one. Yeah. So we start we're trying to see whether there is enough uh, interest in starting uh, two new ones, once on people with caring responsibilities mm -hmm. and once for students and staff with a disability and or chronic illness. Okay, that's that's really nice. Uh, really good to good to hear to spread the word then uh, you will see if there's a demand. Nice. Um, I think we're going to jump to our next song. This song is called Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves and it's by Eurythmics and Aretha Franklin. Enjoy! <laughs>
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM. We are here in the studio with a lot of people uh, really interested in talking about uh, diversity. We talked about the DNI office of uh, UM and the organizations that are involved. And uh, coming on October 6th, there's a very uh, nice uh, event, a day. Uh, diversity Day at the UM. Constance, tell us uh, more about what's going to happen then. Yes, October 6th is Nationwide Diversity Day and UM is also participating in this and we are offering an online Diversity Day under the banner You Belong at UM. And this is really targeted at students this year. All other years our Diversity Days were also for staff, but this is really for students this year because we realize in times of Corona and social isolation and online education that the aspect of coming to a university and meeting people and meeting peers and you know making friends has become more of a challenge so we thought let's make a day for those that maybe don't fit in immediately or that uh, still want to you know look around who are other people at um how can i get involved and that is the idea of this diversity day so we will be there talking about the diversity office a bit, but then what is it's really about is getting students in touch with the DNI organizations that nice. you that we already talked just about before. Yeah, that's uh, that's really great, and it's uh, an online event. You yes, said. it's completely so, online. Yeah, very very Corona proof. So, uh, what does one have to do to? Uh, to sign up to just go on our webpage uh, it's masterduniversitynl slash diversity and you can find the link to the event you can sign up in the sign up you can indicate which uh, for which organization which organization you're interested in you can also give out some songs for our diversity day playlist on spotify so we like to collect all your beautiful music ideas um, to play and there's also a pub quiz in the evening still that we are also online that okay. we're organizing. So if you want to do something in the evening and test your UM slash diversity knowledge, you're welcome to join. Nice. That's uh, that's really nice. I, I love pub, pub quizzes. <laughs> so basically it's going to be uh, yeah, pres several presentations. Everyone can sign up for, for all of them or for every single uh, presentation the ones that they are interested in or yes you can sign up for those that you're interested in there will be breakout rooms and then you can go to the breakout room that you're interested in and we will also do in the diversity day speed dating where you will we'll be just be randomly paired with someone in a zoom breakout room and then you have to uh get to know each other i love that concept i love it really nice it's a really cool way of getting to know people and i think as a first year student I mean, I have been in Maastricht uh, for a while, so for me, it's not so hard to, you know, uh, I, ha I ha already have friends, I'm, I already have some contacts, but I know also from my my peers that some of them come from from far away, also from maybe way warmer countries, uh, everything is so foreign. For example, there is a friend who yeah comes from a completely different uh, yeah i don't want to mention specific specifics but she comes from a completely different uh, mindset you know a community where you don't have to uh yeah money is not such a central part of uh, of the lifestyle and then moving to a western country a very capitalistic country and then in the cold during corona time i think everything can be a little overwhelming and yeah it's not so easy to yeah to to deal so i think it's really nice that that um is uh, organizing this 
Is there anything that you would like to add, uh, Constance and Elinais? No, just <laughs> show up for Diversity Day. Yes, sign up nice. for it and uh, get to know your peers and the organizations and get involved yeah. if you want to. I agree. Get involved. That's uh, that's what I always end up doing, even uh, when I, yeah, when I shouldn't, but I do get involved. <laughs> so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, nice. So I'm gonna close then the conversation about the UM, and then in the second hour, we're gonna focus more about. Uh, diversity in general uh, maybe I don't know if uh, you will stay for the next hour because you're all very busy but if you don't I thank you very much for coming to the show and for offering us our, your input thank and, you yeah, thank you for having, having us yeah. <laughs> nice we're gonna listen to uh, It's a New Day by Anouk our mandatory Dutch song <laughs> okay <laughs> see you next hour <laughs>
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM. This is RTV Maastricht. I'm Elena and I'm in the studio with a lot of lovely people today. Um, we are talking about... Oh, sorry, Ruby, I didn't ah. want to interrupt your, your hello. No, it's okay. I was just saying hello. <laughs> nice. Um, I just wanted to say we are talking about diversity. In the previous hour, we mostly focused on uh, UM and uh, what is UM doing to to improve uh, diversity and inclusivity uh, in the work environment and in the study uh, environment. Obviously, for us, uh, the study environment is slightly more relevant, but everything is important. During the break, I got the chance to read a very nice text uh, from a friend of mine from Global Studies who's listening to the show. Hey, Sophia. Um, she texted me this beautiful quote by Audrey Lord. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but the quote goes as follows. It is not our differences that divide us. It is our inability to recognize, accept, and celebrate those differences. And I think that's a really beautiful quote about the topic that we're talking today. I'd also like to add another quote that I put at the beginning of my bachelor thesis. And I can't quite remember who it's by. I remember that by the end of the show. But the quote goes like this. Diversity is being invited to the party and inclusion is being asked to dance. And I think that's a really good way of phrasing things. I love it. It's really nice. Because for me, I'm all about the inclusion. And I think often it's not enough just to be embrace diversity, but we really have to focus on inclusion as well. I think proper inclusion is still if you are invited to pick the songs. And that's even better. I love it. One step even uh, further. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was actually, I went into a TED Talk uh, rabbit hole yesterday about uh, diversity. And uh, one, of the, one of the things uh, was also, it was not about dancing, but it was about uh, food. Uh, and it was a little bit the same analogy, inviting everyone and then actually preparing something that everybody will want to eat, you know, because, yeah, you can invite everyone, but then, you know, still not make an effort to actually make your guests uh, happy. Mm-hmm. Before we move on with uh, talking about the importance uh, of diversity and uh, what it means to each of us, um, we are, we, I just wanted to mention the song we listened to before uh, was Unity and Diversity by One World Tribe, which is very on point for our uh, show today. And uh, now we're going to listen to uh, Power of Equality by Red Hot, Chili- Red Hot Chili Peppers. And that's going to bring us into a very interesting conversation. Enjoy.
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht, 107.5 FM. Uh, during the break, we were uh, reflecting upon uh, diversity, as this is the topic that we are talking about today. And there's so much to say, actually. Elena made a really nice uh, point about thinking about diversity or uh, realizing, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's in, that's important. Uh, more recently, let's say, or I don't know, because you were very used to having diversity around you growing up, right? So um, I was thinking, actually, this makes me think of two things. One is uh, maybe you notice how important diversity is when you don't have it, right? Exactly. It's, it's always exactly like it. that. Yeah, and because, yeah, I uh, told you during the break, I come from a very small town in which there's almost no diversity. I was the only person with a different background or you know everyone ha yeah it's so it's very limiting in the possibilities and points of view that you can get so yeah i think it's really important tell us a little bit about your diversity experience and how you found it when you came to to maastricht mm, so i'm nigerian but i grew up in oman and nigeria is like one of the most culturally diverse countries in the world. So I was already in the midst of that, like religiously diverse and culturally diverse and like language wise. And then um, I moved to Oman and like I was within an expat community and I went to international schools. So everyone was from everywhere. And um, then I came here and it was super European and um, I mean, we're in Europe, so like, like I'm not like shading the country or something, but it was just sort of hard for me to adjust, and it still is sometimes. I'm like, oh, Europe, we get it, but <laughs> I think I think it's just because of like the 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 background I'm used to, and also I'm studying European law, so I'm constantly getting like um, exposed to European education and European perspectives, and yeah. Yeah, that's an experience that I definitely identify with. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, and I also went to a very, very diverse high school. Um, like, so Philadelphia itself, while the United States is 13% Afro African American people, um, Philadelphia is about half African American people. And then the school that I went to had people from everywhere because it was a school for very academically advanced people. And so, like, suddenly when I came here, I was just like, oh, wow. Like, it's a very diverse place, but it's a very diverse within Europe, I find. Mm -hmm. And that was a, that's, that's the one distinction that I could find, that I found when I first came here. Yeah, I wanted to, to mention, you said diverse within Europe, and that's also a discussion uh, we had in class the other day, because uh, one of my friends from class brought up this, this fact that um, when he came uh, to study global studies at Maastricht University, he expected that uh, the people of the course would be more diverse uh, somehow. I mean, it's not that we don't have a lot of different nationalities. We have, I think, 28 nationalities in uh, global studies, which is reasonably a lot. But uh, when you look at them, uh, a lot of them are uh, European. And also, yeah, there's a, a large percentage of some of the nationalities. Obviously, we are here and, you know, it's really hard to get people to come all, all the way across the world. Uh, to study so there's many things that go into it but I also thought it was funny well not funny I don't know interesting the reaction uh, from my classmates uh, because yeah they didn't like it when we generalized about Europe 
and that we are very similar uh, in between us and i don't know that generated a bit of a discussion in class because well, i said we i bet they do that to everywhere else exactly though. I mean, come on yeah that's what i said we generalize africa all the time exactly yeah, exactly. exactly yeah so it's really i mean and then when you look at europe then you're like oh, okay yeah but very diverse within europe I mean, yeah, I think diversity is not just nationality, obviously, because you can have two different nationalities and have the same points of view and the mm -hmm. same kind of upbringing and, let's say, uh, social status, gender, you know, religion, so many things that can make you diverse. So, obviously, there is diversity also within Europe, but it's easier to get when you look really outside of this Western-centric culture. Yeah, like for me, when I see it, when I hear diversity, at least from a United States perspective, you expect there to be a good number of black people as well. As and so that's that's like it's about not not just be able to like know the diversity of culture itself, but also being able to see the diversity when you look at a group of people. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that every European person looks the same, but like it is something that like it's a thing that's very much more done in the United States. I yeah. think it's or a very even, United States perspective. I think, or even in somewhere like London. Whereas if you compare what we've been talking about diversity here compared to if you walk down Tottenham High Road where I grew up, then it's like, then you see diversity in its true form of everyone from everywhere, from everything just kind of colliding in a crazy mash of stuff. And then I think out of that, and I, I found that a really valuable experience growing up in North London, because I had a class of 30 people from 30 countries and 30 languages. And oh it's my God, like, that was me too. And it's like insane. Yeah. That's really nice. I love it. Um, I think we're going to jump now to a song so we can talk about this uh, further. Um, because I also uh, wanted to touch on the sub subject of uh, equity uh, versus equality. But uh, this will take more than just a couple of minutes. So let's listen to The Lady with the Braid by Dori Previn. And uh, then we will talk more. <laughs> An amazing lesbian love song. Would you care to stay till sunrise? It's completely your decision. It's just that going home is such a ride, such a ride. Going home is such a ride. Going home is such a ride. Going home is such a lonely, lonely ride. Would you hang? Your denim jacket near the poster by Picasso. Do you sleep on the left side or the right or the right? Would you mind if I leave on the light? Would you mind if it isn't too bright? Now I need the window open so if you This coverlet, my cousin, hand crocheted, hand crocheted. Do you mind if the edges are frayed? Would you like to unfasten my braid? Shall I make you in the morning a cup of homemade coffee? I will sweeten it with honey. 
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht, um, 107.5 FM. This is RTV Maastricht. We are here in the studio talking about diversity. We just listened to uh, The Lady with the Braid by Dori Previn. And we were having uh, interesting conversations in the break, as usual. Um, but now I wanted to talk about... Uh, we talked a lot about uh, diversity and inclusivity. But there's also a step further than that, which is, let's say, equity versus uh, equality. So um, I was talking earlier about the TED Talk rabbit hole I ended up in uh, yesterday. Um, and one of the things uh, I thought was interesting uh, was how uh, equality sometimes, we have to really make the difference between equality and uh, equity because equality can actually be used to maintain the status quo rather to, than to help people who, who, yeah, to change the status quo, let's say. So, yeah, I don't know. Ruby, do you have anything to say about equity, for example? Hmm. <laughs> well, I think one of the things is that it's really important for us to understand where everyone comes from, but also understand like how this positioning, how all this positioning happens and to get an understanding of where everyone's position is in society, then you really need to like have conversations. I remember when me and Luna first met and since then we we have had a lot of conversations about understanding each other's dictionaries. And I think you can only really begin to understand someone else's point of view and someone else's position if you really start to understand someone's dictionary and 
the way in which the world worked from them. And I think the only way to understand that is through really long conversations and discussions and listening. And then eventually you'll reach some kind of ground where you're like, okay, we can see the viewpoints and where we come from and we can see how we can interact with each other and build something based on what we actually know and not based on assumptions which I think a lot of time when you think about diversity and inclusion we have a lot of assumptions on the people we're talking about but then in order to really understand what we're talking about we have to talk about it yeah 100% uh, I totally agree and I think it, it takes a lot of work but it's so worth it you know because yeah it's so it's so valuable just to uh, be able to open yourself to other people you know so I think that's why why we live you know one of the main reasons we live is to really connect with each other and you know if you want to build a community and this is the only way to to do it but um, talking about equity in uh, practice and uh, going a little bit back to the conversation we were having before about UM I think one of the, the nice things, for example, was uh, when Constance, you were telling us about, uh, for example, f scheduling flexibility for people who have to uh, take care of other people, you know? And I think that's an example of, uh, of equity, you know? Because, yeah, it's uh, really, you know, giving this uh, boost let's say, to uh, people who need it, you know? Not everybody needs the same amount of help. So, I don't know, can you tell us some more about this? Yes, so the equity and versus equality argument is really about the allocation of resources. And many people think it's fairer to just give everyone the same, right? So we say, you know, everyone gets the same, so that's equality, right? And then we make do with it. But not everyone needs the same, right? Some people are already, when we talk about studying, for example, some people are physically, mentally able and financially able to study and to perform their work, you know, to read the texts. Others aren't. And to give the people that already are more resources just doesn't make any sense. Instead, we should reshuffle the resources in such a way that we give more support to those that need to come to at least the same level, to at least to level the playing field so that all our students can have the same starting point to study, whether that's students with care and responsibilities, whether that's first-generation students, students with a disability. So that is what equity is about. But that means that you need to take resources away from somewhere, you know, sometimes, and that some people will get fewer resources. They also necessarily, they don't necessarily need the resources, but it does then seem like, oh, would they get now all the resources? But that's, that's the tricky thing about it, but I do think it's worthwhile because in the end, that's where we actually want to be at, right? When we invest something, we want to be, we want to have all our people at the same level to do their work or to do their study. Yeah, one thing that uh, this uh, made me think about is it's just about yeah giving everybody the chance to live up to their talent, and everybody has a different uh, different talent, different attitudes, uh, different qualities. So, in order to yeah, just give everybody the chance to to live up to their potential, I think this is uh, really important. I think we're gonna have to uh, jump again to another song, if I am not mistaken. This is It by Christine and the Queens, or now Chris. Uh, they're an amazing singer, 
and amazing person, hugely inspiring for me. And it speaks to a lot of trans people's personal journeys, I think. And I hope you enjoy it. This is Christine Anna Queens of It. Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. I'm Elena again, uh, introducing us uh, here. This is uh, RTV Maastricht 107.5. We talked about diversity for quite a while now, uh, and we talked mostly about UM, but now we wanted to touch on 
Zoid Hoge School. So we have here uh, Ruby and Zaki who um, are or were from yeah. uh, Hoge School Zoid, so uh, they can tell us more about what the situation is over there. Well, I just graduated from Zaud Hoge School at the Fine Art Academy where I studied interdisciplinary art. And I think Zaud is a completely different kettle of fish, as we'd say in English, to UM when it comes to diversity and inclusion, because one, uh, Zaud has far fewer resources. So it's wildly underfunded when you compare it to the UM. And this creates a whole lot of knock-on effects. Yeah, I also also attend Hoxul Zaud. I go to the conservatory. And yeah, it is has a lot less funding and so... It's a lot. There are a lot of difficulties that come that arise just that the university does 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 not have to really deal with as much. Yeah, unfortunately. And I think one of the main things that I notice is uh, instead of what we're actively working to increase diversity, they haven't even got a diversity office of any kind. And a lot of what happens because of this underfunding is a reproduction of the inequalities that happen already within the Netherlands and are amplified by this lack of funding. So, for instance, access of non-EU students is, quite frankly, horrific. And there's the scholarship scam, which they are forever playing to get more money at the expense of non-EU students. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So, there's a long history, also legal history, within Zaud, of promising scholarships to students from non-EU countries and then they arrive in the Netherlands and then they come up with some kind of excuse to not give that scholarship to the person at least in the first year. And this has happened to very many personal friends and I think at the conservatorium there's a few cases of this Yeah, it's happened, yeah. It's quite unfortunate. Um, I don't know any... I I cannot speak on any personal cases because, you know, but like, yeah, it's something that I've seen happen and it creates a lot of difficulty for those who come from far because you know if you arrive you're expecting a scholarship and then you don't get it it's creates difficulty yeah that's crazy I wow I I would have never imagined that that's a thing you know because especially if you especially for yeah non-EU students you come all the way that's already such an investment you know even just maybe the plane ticket and the deposit on an apartment and coming here you know especially I don't know for example, I would imagine for my family from Brazil, you know, for the salaries that they make compared to what we pay here in Europe, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, it's everything is uh, four or five times more expensive. So already investing in the move would be such a big amount. And then you find out that you actually have to pay uh, full, to, full tuition. Yeah. So that's one thing that happens a lot. And the other thing I think on the queer spectrum of things is that generally teachers are very incompetent in addressing things. And it's a struggle just to get things like pronouns or preferred names even sorted. Like for me, I was pretty much misgendered until the day I graduated. And despite numerous emails, talks, and my entire artwork in three years based around queer issues. So you, it makes you wonder sometimes about how such issues can arise. And I think that's also out of, again, lack of training, lack of awareness, lack of funding, lack of 
a lot of things within Zaud and I think it's an, also an institutional thing because what essentially the institution is instead of UM which is a university with faculties Zaud is this umbrella organization in five cities in like Sittard, Herla and Maastricht and various small towns yeah exactly and so yeah the way things are run it because we have some so much less and we're also so spread out it's harder to create the kind of things that are needed to you know address these things for example you know I cannot really speak on queer issues specifically at the conservatory because, I mean, I am gay, but I'm not trans, and so I cannot speak on things like pronouns. I don't. It's not something that I have ever have experience with, but it's not something that I've ever seen projected at the school. It's not something that is made known to that you know queer people are welcome here, and so that I think is an issue because you know you have to actively show that you want something in order for in order to make people feel safe. It's also very heavily Dutch. I mean, whereas UM is strongly international and the majority of courses are taught in English. The majority of courses, teachers and staff are all Dutch in South Hochschule, which makes it very difficult for grading, communication and teaching actually, because a lot of the time teachers won't even speak good enough English to communicate with pupils. And then there is a preference, a very strong preference, which is clear in grading and uh, how teachers communicate with Dutch students has a preference towards the Dutch students because there was never any intent on making an international school. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's something that I've noticed that certain classes did start going easily for me, particularly after I started learning Dutch because, you know, there were teachers who started, who, you know, sometimes when they're explaining something to one student, they start explaining it in Dutch, which, you know, this is something that could be helpful for all the students, but because, you know, they're both speaking the same language, it's just easier for them to communicate that way, but it's something that, you know, it's something that should be available for everyone because, if someone is asking a question, there might be another person who is asking the same question, but does not have, but does, but still is not just not brave enough to ask it. Yeah, and in my own program, I'm probably at a conservatorium as well. I think there's a massive difference between an international program and a Dutch program taught in English. And I think sometimes I'd constrain towards the Dutch program taught in English as opposed to being truly international. Yeah, I mean. I do see that, um, but also because I'm studying in classical music as a classical musician, there is certain things that are taught a certain way just because it is Western classical music, and so you know they're not there. It is op- the field itself is often just very inc- very exclusive of certain perspectives, just because you know it's it's all Western art music. Everything that is not Western art music is now in the field of ethnomusicology, which ology, which I think is just like kind of asinine, Ridiculous. but whatever. It, it just, it just, I think it's something, this, in this case, it's something that I think really comes with the field. Yeah. But on that note, it is also time now to go to another song. Um, the next song is Androgynous by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, featuring Miley, Sti- Miley Cyrus and Laura Jane Grace. Uh, let me put it on right now. Enjoy.
its curl They're both all the same They're overjoyed in this world Same hair, revolution, unisex Evolution, tomorrow who's gonna frost? Welcome back to SRM. I just wanted to touch on uh, our our group, which is also a pretty diverse group, I would say. Would you agree, Elijah? It's your first time here on, in the studio. Usually you're helping out. What do you usually do? Tell us. What I usually do? Yeah. For, for SRM. For, for SRM. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> my daily life. Oh, you can also tell us about that. But like... What's your role in SRM? Because it's the first time people are hearing your beautiful voice on the radio. Oh, well, thank you very much. You have a beautiful radio voice, so <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, usually I just uh, take care of the event stuff. Well, not take care, but I'm a part of it. Yeah, you're making beautiful uh, supermarket cart tables. Did you finish those? I didn't see them yet. We didn't finish them, no. But <laughs> I, I really, really, really want to make them. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, um, tell us more about what you think about the the group. How do you see the group? Do you think we're a, a diverse uh, community? Do you think we need more diversity? You can always have more diversity, but I I guess we're pretty pretty diverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're a pretty cool group. Like uh, SRM right now is. Uh, we have people from. A lot of different countries and a lot of different nationalities, but also uh, within the queer community, like the L LGBT plus community, we have a lot of those people. So I think we're doing pretty good diversity wise. Nice. That's really good. Yeah, yeah that's one of the things I always like to to stress for everyone that uh, SRM is an open community. Everyone is welcome. Uh, it's kind of like the Tribalistas song that we heard in the previous hour. You just need to be who you are and you will be welcome. Into yeah, and besides that, we're pretty cool. And yeah, also, okay, yeah. I didn't want to say that, but <laughs> if you're saying it, yeah, we're also pretty cool, so join us. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Does anybody here want to share personal experiences uh, about diversity or lack of diversity or tips about how to in include more people in your daily life? For example, one thing we talked about that could be something that we could uh, adopt uh, was would be to always introduce ourselves with pronouns directly. Uh, just, uh, just everybody, just do it. You know, it doesn't take anything. Yeah, that's actually a point I I've heard before about. I mean, I think it's a great idea in general, but also because uh, so a bit of a story. But there was a YouTuber named ContraPoints who got canceled because of she expressed feelings about how sometimes in about how like a lot of times she is a passive she is a 
mostly passing trans women and how she mentioned how in a lot of spaces that aren't queer spaces like for example a bar in North Carolina she'll get miss and ma'am nobody asks her pronouns all day and then but then also in a lot of queer spaces because she might be the only she might be the only trans person among cis people and then people ask her pronouns only to her and then only like or people go ask and ask do they want to circle and ask everyone's pronouns only because she is there and it's also you know sort of a type of misgendering in a separate way because like you know all of a sudden you see that they are trans and it's just like I think that the solution of that of that of that issue is to ask pronouns of everyone for everyone because if you normalize it it then makes you know it's not a thing anymore it's not like oh now I'm just asking pronouns because there is one person here yeah exactly I think that's that's really really great and we should just start doing it everybody and I I follow this uh, uh, lady or yeah this woman on uh, Instagram her name is Blair Imani and uh, she's a super intersectional uh, activist and uh, she does these reels smarter in seconds you should go check it out because it really makes you smarter in seconds Luna, you wanted to say something? Uh, I was just going to make an addendum to what you were discussing before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you don't really even need to use pronouns at all most of the time. You just use the name of the person and that's it. Exactly. So if you feel uncomfortable about asking pronouns, just use the freaking name of the person. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's quite easy. Yeah, uh, that reminds me of one of the things from my TED Talk rabbit hole of yesterday. Yeah, learning the name of people is the most inclusive thing that one can do. Like really learn it and learn to pronounce it. Don't be scared of like asking it even a thousand times because I think it's uh, fine to ask again for someone's name rather than just uh, leave it into the unknown. Like, oh, okay, I'm, I feel weird about asking someone's name again because now I know them for so long. So yeah yeah, yeah no, that's also a really good important skill and just in conversation i remember when i worked as a canvasser i used to work as the guy who stops you in the middle of the street and asks you to donate money to a non-profit organization that was me but when you have those conversations with people they really enforce that you know we have to ask their names and use their names in conversation because the more they hear their name the more included they feel the more it's more like ah you know you're like they feel like Oh, you're listening to them you kind of know them more now and I think that's a really important thing you know when you know someone's name and you use their name to them it just lets them feel included yeah I really think that's that's so so important I think this was a very nice conversation we had today don't you think Ruby yeah I think I touched on upon a lot of different things and I think there's a lot more that could be said I think as well we stayed very much on defining our terms as well mm. and talking about things specifically at UM but UM is also in a social construct of where we are in the Netherlands and it is a Dutch public university and there is also the problems in Dutch society and Western European society that I think also need to be talked about and I think in a future show we can also talk much more about these kind of issues and how they affect university life in the Netherlands because I feel like that's a really important topic that we didn't really delve into in this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, our problem is always the limited amount of time, right? We have to kind of select what we're going to talk about. But yeah, I don't know. I do agree that this could still be a topic for, for more shows and uh, to go more in depth uh, yeah, I think also inclusion as people and a community rather than focused solely on university life. I feel like at, a lot of the time it's 
how to make you achieve or how to increase talent potential or there's a lot of these marketing words being thrown about yeah that's so true so much of uh, the diversity talk is only focused around the workplace for example not even uh, yeah university but so so much around the workplace and obviously it's really important but you know yeah i don't know i really feel like it should be implemented just in, in daily life not necessarily just in a context you know and then when you leave your job you're still gonna go back to your uh non-diverse lifestyle <laughs> to, yeah for lack of a, a better word but i think it's interesting talking about diversity precisely within this educational perspective because education is that is is education people into a certain culture yeah ultimately so how can you con- concile being diverse with the idea that you're putting turning them into something that um, you, you know what it's going to become. So how how can you do that in a, in a way that it's uh, less manipulative in a way? Mm-hmm. Especially nowadays, education has become that ultimately. It's not really about opening up so most of the, 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 the times, so or rather narrowing things down. Yeah. So perhaps uh, diversity within educational terms at some point is also involved more talking about education itself. Yeah. What does education Pedagogical mean? Pedagogical process. Yeah. Exactly. I wanted to add to that, I mean, there's two different Latin roots of the word education. You know, there's one educare, which means to train or to mold. There's also educere, which means to lead out. And so Mm -hmm. I think of education as bringing out that potential within someone. And so if you, it really depends on how you do the education itself and Mm -hmm. how you look on the education in order to create the diversity that you want to see in the world. Precisely, which is why I think it's a pretty interesting topic to have within a UM now that... Yeah. This, this right. discussions open, are starting open to the box. arise. <laughs> and after having done more theatrical stuff, I think it'd be fascinating to give theatre classes to scientists because I think then you might see a whole different world arise. Mm. It's a different yeah. way of exploring the world. Unfortunately, though, we have to close uh, this show. It's time for our cultural agenda. Um, I don't know what's... Uh, with the new corona regulations, a few events were unfortunately cancelled. But obviously, one uh, event that is is still on the agenda is the Diversity Day at UM. Obviously, that we talked about earlier. Luna, you have something to I've add? I've got something else yeah. uh, to share. So it's a bit uh, far from now, but I'm just going to use the opportunity. Yeah. The 15th of October, there is going to be an, an online film session to talk, no, it actually fits pretty well the topic, yeah. uh, to talk about two different indigenous communities back in Brazil, the Shavanti tribe and the Chiquitanos. These are two communities from the Mato Grosso, so central region of Brazil, mm-hmm. who so far have been struggling a lot with uh, the COVID and new political measures or unpolitical measures that are being taken in, uh, in the country. So we're going to do a film session um, about the tribes and then we're going to talk with two people from them, from oh. there. So if you feel up for it, it's... Uh, 15th of October on a Thursday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, if you want to look for that, uh, you can just go on YouTube and if you type Shavanti, that's probably going to show up. Um, it's X-A-V-A-N-T-E. Otherwise, okay. I don't know if I can share that on SRM as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can send it to us and then we can share it for easier easier reach. I would definitely be interested Wondrous. in Wondrous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Nice. Okay, so I guess that was it for the cultural agenda of uh, this week. Um, yeah, stay strong with the corona times, you know, and try not to violate too many of the rules because nobody wants a second lockdown. So thank you very much to everyone who was here in the studio. Elinais and Constance already left. Ruby, thank you. Luna, thank you. Zaki, thank, thank you. Elijah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you said you said enough. <laughs> We heard you. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, then we are going to listen to, uh, well, I don't know what, how it would be pronounced, but I guess man slash Frau or M slash V. I don't know what the question would be. But then it's from Afke Romain. Very nice song. Let's hear it. Bye. Bye.